You're Gonna Meow Podcast Network. Welcome back once again to Bless Your Heart, the world-famous podcast on the You're Gonna Meow Network. Meow. Uh, I'm Christopher Boatwright, your occasional co-host here. Uh, delightfully happy, delighted to be here with your main host, April Gallaty. Hello, everybody. I'm back again. I'm sure you're shocked. <laughs> so, uh, episode 13, our favorite number. It's the number I always play on roulette. It's literally my lucky number. My, my apartment number is 13. Um, I used to always try to sign up for a 13th spot on any mic that I would go to. Oh, right on. I think I was number 14 last night. I think you might have gotten bumped. Did I? I think I think you were fourteen, and then it was technically fifteen. But after the edit, back down to fourteen because we had one person uh, edit, get edited out of the video. Okay, well that's all right. That's all right. I you know I don't always win on thirteen. So uh, <laughs> the one time I did really well though, uh, Damon and I were at um, uh, let's see the El Cortez in Las Vegas, and I was teaching my cousin, it, actually it was his cousin, how to play roulette and she's like what's your favorite number and i was like well 13 so this is what i do and i put 50 cent chips like i put a stack of i put five dollars worth of 50 cent chips on 13 that's 10 for people doing the math at home thank you then i put another five dollars on each section so on each side of 13 each corner of 13 okay so it's surrounded eight times and then I did another $5 on black, another $5 on odd, and then I did $5 on the on the outside for it, and it fucking hit. Sounds like you know a lot more about gambling than I do. And I won, I think it was close to 300 and some odd dollars so just is, for that one shot. So it was a chip, a theoretical chip, sitting on any intersection of spaces Mm -hmm. it's betting on four things all at the same time is that how it works or two things if it's on between two things yeah it's like if it's sitting on directly on top of the number it Mm -hmm. pays 35 to one and that's just for that number okay so if you put it like say between the 13 and 14 Mm -hmm. on the line between 13 14 if 13 hits or 14 hits it pays 17 to one so slightly less than half of 30. Slightly less, yeah. Okay. Um, because they don't do the halves. Um, if you put it on the corner where it's between four numbers, so 13 and 14, and I think it's seven and eight above it, if I remember correctly. Um, if seven, eight, 13, or 14 hits, then you get a quarter of that. So it's, you know, 35 divided by four is... Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my math is slow. So I, uh, I, I One gambling technique that I know... Um, and I'll share this with people. I mean, I you know, if you, I know people kind of guard that stuff, but I'll share it. Um, quarters are way better than nickels for scratching the silver stuff off of the paper things. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's a, it's, that's my gambling technique. It's because they've got little ridges on them. I use a spoon. A spoon. I take I take a spoon and turn it over. And like use a grapefruit it. spoon? No, just a, reg- spoon? just a regular spoon, just oh, a regular old teaspoon, and just because you because they because the, the the serrations on a grapefruit spoon I think would help with. I would think scratches. it would tear it apart though. I haven't bought a lottery. I, the last time I bought a lottery ticket was around two thousand and six. I don't, oh, okay. I'm not a gambler. Um, I I, I go am. outside. I feel like that's a big enough gamble. For yeah, me. right. I am a gambler, but since we've started doing this, I actually haven't. I have not gambled since we started this business, so that You're tells you. are getting your thrills. Yeah, it tells you where all my money's going well, to. Well, capitalism is the ultimate gamble. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Ooh, my tummy's rumbling. Well, Damon and I are actually, my sister Sherry and I are going to Las Vegas in March. Nice. To see Elton John. 
and we're only going to be there for three days. You know, I think, uh, I believe, if you can hit up Circus Circus while you're there, mm-hmm. uh, I believe the Unknown Comic is still a regular appearing. Are act. you kidding? I, I am not kidding. Uh, I believe he is still wearing a bag on his head. Uh, I believe he is still uh, relatively unknown. <laughs> I freaking remember him. He's got to be a thousand years old. He's, he's probably in his sixties. He was in his forties when I was a kid. He has to be sixties. You or think 70s. he was in his forties, but he might have been in his twenties because when we were kids, people in their twenties looked like they were in their forties. Like on the Gong Show. Yeah, that's I true. I was looking at a picture of my grandfather uh, from from when my parents got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through some pictures, and I was looking at my grandfather, and um, he's roughly my age, maybe maybe four or five years older than me in these pictures. Mm-hmm. It's my mom and dad. They got married. They're twenty, twenty one, something like that. And he looks about 20 years older than me. Okay. Because old people, people, middle-aged people looked old 40 years ago. They lived a lot harder than we do now, I think. He was a Depression-era kid. He, I mean, he was literally a shill. You know what a shill is? No. Right, I've, so, I've heard that term before. Well, it goes back to, I mean, I, I, this is the definition. Of, I think this is the original part of the definition is basically the person who stands outside of a circus sideshow and says, uh, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. I can't. That was that that three headed lady was the craziest shit I ever saw. Well, oh. That person works for the circus. My grandfather was that when he was a little kid. During oh, the Great okay. Depression. You ever All seen right. that um, Carnival, that HBO series Carnival? Yeah. Yeah. Basically like that, only I think not as sexy. And, or magic powers. I don't think there were any magic powers on it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I went back and was looking at pictures of my mom in her 40s. And my mom was working. In her 40s, she had um, she was, she was had an 8-year-old. Um, <laughs> and she was working in a cotton mill. So she looked uh, she looks a lot older than I look. That's why I do that joke about, like, I just turned 40. I'm about to turn 46. And I don't think I look it because I don't. I don't look anything like... The people who are in their 40s in my family, the way they looked when they were in their 40s. So, so if you had to choose then, I mean, risk to reward, it seems like really what you want to do is if you're going to look old young, you want to go the Keith Richards route. Yeah. Rather than picking cotton or processing pulp or anything like that, you really just want to be processing heroin through your liver. That sounds like more fun than, yeah, and than we, working in a cotton mill. When I was 18, my mom got me a job in that cotton mill. Eesh. And I worked for a whole month. A month? A month. I made it a month. And that first paycheck after two weeks, mm. when you're 18 years old and you get a paycheck for like $650, you really, for two weeks work, you really got to sit and go, do I, hmm, I see why people do this for years and years and years and years. And, uh, but I just couldn't, That's I, uh, you I know, couldn't take it. People, people used to, I mean, there used to be a history we got to figure that working for other people for money wasn't the main source of, of a living for most of the people in this country up until maybe 110, 120 years ago. Right. Um, and when it first happened, you know, most people were what they call itinerant, which means they lived from the land. They were itinerant farmers or, or, or ranchers or, you know, whatever they were, mm-hmm. uh, uh, trappers and that kind of thing. And they weren't earning an income. So when people started to earn money, I mean, you got to figure a lot of the habits that, that the, a lot of the hiring practices that we've developed have probably come into play because – the act of giving somebody money, they fucked off. They would just run off and go buy whiskey or whatever. Right. That they never got to have because you don't, you know, whiskey was was hard to come by. But the minute you got some money. You could go get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they probably just, that's probably why they, people started getting paid after every two weeks. I'm like, well, I can't fucking pay these people for every day. I got to retrain a new crew every goddamn day because everybody else didn't show up. Yeah, because everybody took the money they got yesterday and went and got drunk. So, right. Yeah. I would. Hey, uh, you're listening to Bless Your Heart. <laughs> Bless Your Heart. Bless Your Heart. We have not started this off correctly, but that's okay. Actually, I like it's the way you I, I got paid. 
Um, but the, the, the beginnings of this particular episode have been delightful. Let's see, this is your second trip into the studio for this episode. Um, it Worth still it. wasn't working when you got here. You got to see Damon have a fit via Skype because he has a cold. <laughs> and um, I feel sorry for everybody that was at the open mic last night because Damon started getting sick at the open mic. So and he was making out with a lot of people, too. Especially that guy in the, in the, uh, the Trilby the oh yeah, yeah, yeah fedora guy there's yeah, always that's chris cox yeah fedora Shout guy out to chris cox. hey chris cox uh, you know he's talking about wanting to come in i'm gonna probably introduce i'm probably gonna interview him for this show um and he's talking about he said something about wanting to do an anime podcast that would be a lot of fun He's, you know, I like Chris Cox a lot, and he runs, uh, he runs a pretty fun show. I've, uh, I've, I've gotten lucky enough to do it one time. It's uh, uh, Feckin uh, out in uh, Oregon City area. Could you spell that? F e k k i n. Uh, it is a brewery. Okay. And a restaurant. All right. Uh, he, he has a show. I, I, I kid you not. This is so. For the, for our listeners who uh, know a lot of stereotypes about the Pacific Northwest, what I'm about to say might sound like one of them, but this actually happens. There's an axe throwing competition before his open mic. Or actually, before his show, it's a paid show, it followed by an open mic. So you have axe throwing, paid professional stand-up comedy, basically the same people not getting paid uh, to do to do you know not the same exact people, but basically comics right. doing open mics. Because that's a, that's the interesting too, thing too. People may not know this about comedy. Um, just because you get paid doesn't mean you stop going and doing it for free. Yeah, uh, that's just the way it works. You get paid if you're a professional comedian. There's different degrees. There's people who make their soul living off of it, and there's probably not a ton of those. Those are your Louis C.K.'s. And... Well, I mean, there's probably a middle. I mean, we've ta- I've talked about this before. There's a middle class of comedy. Sure. There are people that, that, that are... You, know, that... Oh, you, you mean like road comics? Road comics or even career locals. There are a couple of people in this town that, um, rumor has it, they make just from hosting alone and three to $350, $400 a week. I mean... That's not... Yeah, that's If not you don't terrible. have too many real interesting habits, you can live off of $400 a week. I have too many interesting habits. I like eating a lot. I do too, but I go to the I go to uh, neighborhood house uh, uh, food pantry. Shout out to neighborhood house. <laughs> uh, you mention that every week when we do the. I um, love those guys. Uh, keep talking. I'm having issues. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> She's always having issues, folks. I uh, yeah, I I love neighborhood house. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, if you're a dirtbag, and I am. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's great to go get uh, free food. I got eight. I wouldn't call you a dirt bag. I'd call you maybe poor. I'm, I, I've been t- yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know how much of it's intentionally poor or just me uh, practicing too much self acceptance. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there is too much self acceptance. Like, uh, yeah, it just can be a bum. I mean, if you can just get by being a bum. You know what? There's a. Uh, it's that whole like. Uh, didn't Buddha do that? Didn't Buddha like go around for like several. Like what? like almost ten years just living off the kindness of others. You mean and, annoying all of his friends and yeah, alienating people? Much, yes, yeah, probably. Jesus, same thing with Jesus. Uh, there's, I, I had a bit. Um, this is the problem: is is that is uh, when you know, when I have big words. Sometimes I like to use big words in my sets because I, I have about one hundred twenty thousand dollars worth of college debt. Um, so I'm trying to justify it one word at a time. Right. The problem is people don't get my words. Uh, oh, you know, there for a second, you listen to your mom's house. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember, you know what they're when they say big words, you know what that means, right? Uh, wait, no. What is big? I can't remember big words. Big words means the N word, and I oh. was just sitting here like going, "Yeah, so what are you going to say <laughs> oh, about this?" Big words, no, mommies. I'm not going to go into that okay. territory. Um, no, I, I, uh, I had a bit though about it says that you know I am co- being college educated means that you'll never really be poor. It means you're an ascetic, 
And that's a term that very few people know. And asceticism is like what you're talking about, like monks, where they go and they give up all their possessions and and they 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 turn their journey inward into as opposed to the outward uh, collective, you know, or collecting oriented lifestyle. That, that right. But but really, I'm just a bum. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm not so ascetic that I don't try and get weed. I'm not so well, ascetic yeah. that I don't have a, a silicone bong and a gas mask that I. You're like I got to figure this shit out. It's so. a silicone bong and a gas mask, by the way, is awesome. I've never done that. <laughs> I'll show you some pictures. Doing it later. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I used to wear gas masks for like Damon and I would go to like the you know industrial goth things and stuff like that, but I've never had one that was like usable. I've always like mm-hmm. torn them apart so I could decorate them and stuff like that. Well, so. I, mine is usable. The only thing I don't like about it is it is, it is olive drab. It's a, it's a, uh, Eastern European, uh, gas mask. I still have a fully functional canister. Um, and uh, it's a perfect, it's a good gas mask, but it also was great to do bong rips. Out of. Don't you have to cut, don't you have to trim your mustache off at the, at the front? You got to have the little no, Hitler mustache. For because the... this is a full head gas mask. I pull, oh, it, okay. over, I pull it over my head. So, um, oh, okay. so it's, it's, Oh, you're completely immersed. Yeah. yeah oh, like the well. two eye holes. You ever seen that episode of Dr. Who with the, with the, are you there, mommy? Mommy. No, I've never oh, seen right. that. I'm not a Hovian. No. There's an episode where these kids get like gas masks. It's, it's really horrifying. It's, it's Stephen Moffat. He was really into body horror. Um, but there's uh, an episode where these kids have like gas masks around their faces. Those, those old World War II looking gas masks where you've mm-hmm. got the, the, the can right here. Right. Only mine has a hose. You could put the can right in the front of it. I'm holding my hands in front of my mouth. Folks. What is the can? What's That's in the, the can? That's the filter. Oh, it's okay. charcoal. Inert, it's activated charcoal and uh, fil- uh, filtration stuff. And, and you can attach it right at the front or you can put it on a hose. And what I do is I take the hose and I stick that into the end of the bong and then I. You pull from there. It's a okay. silicon bong, so it's flexible, so it actually conforms to the hose. Okay. So that's so it makes its own gasket. Oh, it's time for me to move my car. It's time for you to move your car. We're gonna pause and join you back in just a no. couple of minutes. You can talk. I'm just uh, gonna stop that. What are we gonna talk? I'm gonna talk about, uh, folks. We got a show coming up uh, <laughs> next month or in the month of February, February 22nd at the Hot Box. It's gonna be Risky Business Two. And I've been practicing. That is right. April is gonna be one of our featured performers on Risky Business Two, our, our showcase. Uh, Risky Business Two, the second coming. Spelled the way you'd figure I would spell that. Uh, d- uh, Danger Girls. And uh, it is an all-female showcase. Uh, all badass bitches uh, coming in to uh, can't wait. tear it up. Tear it's it up in the hot box. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The only thing is, is I just feel like all the people that come into the hot box who will come see that has already heard all my jokes. We get, have you noticed how many new people we have, though? There was a lot of new people last night. Yeah, it's I'm because actually, nobody important likes me, so it's, I have to get all the weirdos. That was, it's more uh, fun that way. That is more fun that way. I, you know, we were talking about that when we were leaving last night. I looked at Damon. I was like, you ever notice how we always just kind of hang out with the misfits? Yeah. Yeah. You mean I, the interesting people? Yeah, exactly. Um, I get tired of it. I don't like hanging out with people who want to judge everything I say. Well, you know I what? fucking hate that I shit. I think everybody's a misfit, but what you have is people who have just uh, refused to uh, bullshit their personality to, to pretend to, to not be a misfit. Mm, I think okay. a lot of the people that, that we hang out with or we see that, that we quote unquote are, are fitting in, mm-hmm. they're fitting in. They've, they're changing themselves. To be something, and I'm certainly, yeah. if, look, if you're a, if you go around smacking people in the mouth and shit like that, maybe that's a behavior you should change. Oh, is that what I'm doing wrong? Yeah, you're doing that wrong. Oh. I, but, but like spray farting, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> spray farts are fine. Uh, but there's, you know, there's, there's behaviors that, you, that I think is appropriate to manage. And then there's behaviors where it's like, no, nah, man, love yourself a little bit, you know, be 
a bit of a contrarian and yeah well you know we were talking about this the other day where i'm talking about like uh i have just decided like out here on the west coast i just can't talk about race even the way i talk about it which anybody who knows me i'm not racist at all but i just can't talk about it because People by the way, usually too... when somebody says, I'm not racist, followed by the word but, it gets a lot worse than that. So that yeah. was right off the bat. You're just proving a lot of stereotypes. Oh, see, now there's something at home I call, um, you ever met anybody who says, I'm not racist, but I call them racist butts because that's <laughs> what they butts. say. Um, yeah, but it's it's one of those really weird things like you can't even, even if the joke is clever. The, now, the one where I say, I know I sound like Paula Dean, it's full of butter and assumed racism. Yeah. Everybody gets that. They're like, yeah, 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 totally. I assumed you were racist right. the minute I heard you. Um, but other than that, it's it's a, it's a touchy subject. And so people are afraid to laugh, even if the joke is clever. And I'm not going to say all my jokes are clever, but I've had a few. And I just, I just a lot can't of people, touch with it. I think a lot of people um, – I mean, it's an ongoing uh, subject matter in Portland that we, ha- we are one of the most uh, gentrified, at least as far as black people go. Communities, uh, in the, in uh, for, or, or what do we call it, major cities? I can't believe, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really, yeah. yeah. And, and so you've got so many people in this in this community who feel like they want to be in the in, in the right, mm-hmm. but they have no firsthand experience. They don't have people in their lives that they actually are intimate enough with to know. Oh no, that's a funny thing, right? Or that's a person that my friend actually would laugh, or you know. And and so you have a lot of people who are status checking, and also we're we're we are a, a, a center of confluence from people from all over the country. So you can't even just say uh, one person of color. I mean, people of color are not uniform. They no. come from all over. They have different local cultures and they have different personal and family cultures. And so something that uh, might be funny, say, to a person of color from New York or or uh, or Atlanta, Atlanta, because Atlanta is such a great community for black people. Oh, yeah. Uh, Atlanta is an awesome place. What's it? It's, 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 because, you, because you're not – you're not a social minority, even even if you were a demographic majority. Like in the town that I'm from, Swainsboro, Georgia, or at least the town I was born in, it is 78% African American. Uh, that's that's a lot for for a Portlander. That's that's was 1.3% or something in Portland, right? Yeah, it's pretty low here. But they don't have social cultural dominance. They don't have. I see. They don't. Have, you know what I'm saying? But in yeah. Atlanta, I don't think it's 78 um, percent African American. It's a good. It's a, but they have a very strong social uh, network. They have. They have. You know. They have. They have a community where they can just develop their own. What they think is funny, and and it's independent of any kind of. Uh, we talk about the male gaze when it comes to male female relationships. But there's also the white gaze, and that's the 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 social or, or is it the socially dominant gaze where we look at the other and and we in our and we make decisions gaze, on what is G A Z E G A Z E G A Z E yes yeah. uh, G A Z E because where we look with uh, with judgment on people because we have social dominance in most circumstances in the United States of America if you're Caucasian. You're coming from it, the, if not demographically, the socially dominant class, and so the the culture cultural standards are established by people who look like you and have sympathies towards people who look like you, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there is there is this cultural gaze, and it's a it's a very judgmental thing. But in Atlanta, where you have people who are like, no, we're going to be we're going to be us, mm-hmm. right? But then yeah. you have people who move here, and it's a completely different scenario. And you've got these maybe well intended white libs um, who 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 aren't informed, right? But they also are controlling the narrative. So you've got a bunch of people who don't. It's like we. It's like when what was the joke when the when the the the, uh, the Bush administration had a had a council on women women's health and there were no women on it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the, 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 we have councils on race relations in Pacific Northwest. And it's all white no, people. Yeah, it's all white people. And yeah. Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, and Rachel. <laughs> so 0.25. I don't know what like, that is. I don't even know if that counts. She's from up here. Yeah. Uh, really, that's, I mean, that's how few people of color we have in the Pacific Northwest. We have to start manufacturing. Our I mean, you know, and I was saying it was kind of shocking to me, like, when I went. It's really weird for me to go home because I've always kind of veered away from country music and that that kind of lifestyle anyway. Right. Now I was I was submerged in it because everybody in my family, like I came I come from a working class family. Um they all listen to country music. Like I am when I was growing up in the eighties, it was all it was really strange because I had two sets of friends in high school. I had friends that were outside of my high school and the friends in the high school. So the friends that I knew outside of high school were like, this is gonna sound really horrible and I don't really mean it this way but it's just the easiest way to describe it my redneck friends and then my uh friends who were accepting of other races because at high school so the goth kids yeah well there were no goths that's the thing i was not a goth kid in high school because there was i didn't know about it i didn't even know it existed because i didn't have the internet and it didn't show up on my television so i didn't know anything about it i mean i started to know about susie and the banshees in 12th grade so yeah, it was just so it was this really weird. Like I was. Actually, that's about the same time. No, tw- no, not twelfth grade. I was thinking when I was about twelve years old. So, but but only about six, four, six, four to six years off, right? Probably you were. were you eighteen is twelfth grade. Eighteen is twelfth grade. And I was like yeah. thirteen or fourteen, so five, four or five years. Well, what kind? What size? What kind of city were you in when you? Were, oh, you were here. Okay, well that makes sense. You yeah. were exposed to a lot more yeah, yeah, yeah. in Little Bitty Rome, Georgia, in the eighties. I just wasn't exposed. The only thing I had was metal, which is what. Some of the kids were listening to. I had country because that's what everybody listened to. And then I had um, rap was coming on the scene. Mm-hmm. And I went to a school that was um, majority, if not half black. It, I think it was majority black. And rap was coming on the scene. And so it was blowing up in our school. And so I w- that's why I'm so into heavy and so heavily into like old school gangster rap because oh, yeah. that's what I listened to. Well, we've talked about that. It's, it's a, rock and roll didn't piss our parents off. No, no, they, because that's what they listened exactly. to. Exactly, rock and rolls are great. It's our parents' generation's music. Rap. If you're in your mid forties yeah. to mid fifties, rap is your generation's contemporary musical contribution. Yeah, is what pissed everybody off. Yeah, so so it was kind of like that, and so I kind of had this like dual. This dual thing, but I fucking I forget where I was going with all this. But the the just the whole point is is like just growing up with all the oh I remember, growing up with the just this heavy metal thing and then this uh, dealing with rap and and race kind of on a it's on a very weird level like I. I was so young when my parents divorced and I ended up in a school that was much more diverse than my brothers and sisters. So I had, I just wasn't that, I just treated everybody the same and they treated me the same. So I, I wasn't really aware of it until I left. And then we went out to California and then in California, like race was such a big deal. And it wasn't just race with black people, but it was race with Chinese people, Japanese people and Mexicans. And then, and then, you guys lived in San Francisco. Yeah, we lived in San Francisco. And then to find out later, then we moved to Florida. Then it's like, oh, by the way, there's Spanish people that are Spanish. There are yeah. Latino people who are Mexican, Cuban, like, and then the, the, and don't call a Cuban a Mexican, and don't call a Mexican um, a Puerto Rican. Yeah, I find it's just best to go first names, especially yeah. in a situation where you're outnumbered. But when you're, yeah, well, <laughs> well, when you're trying, yeah, exactly. When you're trying to figure out like where everybody's at, and then you know, coming from this like 
quote unquote, white, you know, white privilege. Like I've never been made to feel like I was different. So I didn't know. So then you start talking to people and then you say stupid shit. And then they're like, you hurt people's feelings. And then you start learning, you know, and all this other stuff. And I mean, it's a learning process. It's a growing process. Well, that's, you know, it's interesting. You talk about um, treating people like anybody else. Right. But that in itself is actually, it has an inherent cultural bias because you are used to treating people within your community the way people within your community have agreed upon. Right. And then when you start interacting with different cultures, well, this happened, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's always, it always comes up over icky subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there have been, uh, not, and it's not universal, obviously, um, but there are white people who spank their kids and there are black people who don't spank their kids. But co- there's a cultural bias that gets talked about uh, frequently that, 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 that black people are more accepting of corporal punishment today. Mm-hmm. Uh, than than white people, and so then you have well, does, but then that's is that a cultural bias? I mean, I've, I I I'm not a big fan of corporal punishment because I'm weak and I used to get hit a lot, so you know I have a personal stake in that shit. I think it'll come back. People still spank me. I don't really want it to start happening. Right. But that is where you're talking about treating people the way you treat other people. Well, if your community has reached this decision on spanking kids, mm-hmm. and if you would treat everybody who if you treat me or anybody in your quote unquote community a certain way for spanking your kids. Well, then when you treat somebody from a different community who has a different uh, standard of, 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 of acceptable behavior, you're actually treating them in a negative way by their cultural standards. Right. And, and, and this led me to think the other, the other interesting thing is growing up here, you started listening to hip hop music around the same age as I did in your teens. I agree. But you had a large percentage of African-American people in your immediate surrounding. Mm-hmm. I started listening to hip hop music with a bunch of white kids where we knew like a black person. Right. How weird is it? How how weird was that for this person to listen to us basically worshiping, you know, people that he he had some way to identify with, at least at least legitimately more than we did. And we are basically right in front of him co-opting his culture and telling, you know, and and being like, we love this. We'll take it. It's very weird. It's, you know, it's a very weird thought, but but it's I don't I don't care. It's good music. I like it. Yeah, I do, too. And and the oh, and, and the point I was making was, is that then. So for me and Damon, it was a case of. He's done more travel than I have, but it was a case of me going from small town one race to small town uh, diverse. And then I went to San Francisco. Cultural shock. It was such a cultural shock that and it was so tiring. I now look back on it and I realize I was just tired. Mm -hmm. It was every day was a constant it was a constant struggle and it wasn't just on the terms of race, but it was just on everything. Like I had to deal with people. Uh, where are you from? I got tired of hearing that. I you were an immigrant. Day. I was an immigrant. I really was. And I got tired of hearing that. And then it was like <laughs> learning to have to, like, I never had to deal with Chinese or Japanese people having to learn to, to decipher their accents on top of the fact that I have an accent and then having to decipher Mexican accents right. and just, and it was all this work. And so after two, I was just like, when we, when it was time to go, I, and I was like, I have to get out of here. I wanted nothing more than to go home. So I went to Florida, immersed myself in the shit that is Florida, and was like, <laughs> within three years, was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We left. And I'd rather s- be a foreigner than a, yeah. than a local Floridian. <laughs> so we left Florida um, after about six years, and we ended up out here. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I, and I fully admit this. I was so immersed in moving. Right. All the shit that goes with moving across the country. I didn't notice that Portland was so white. I was just, plus it's when you're surrounded by 
everybody that looks just like you, you just don't notice. I think Portland spends a lot of time trying to depict themselves as a lot more demographically inclusive. Yeah. I mean, we're embarrassed. We're super embarrassed by how white we are. Because we have nothing out here other than white people. And then... Well, let's shout out to the Latinos. Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, you know what? Even Portland has like a little bitty Spanish community and a little bitty black community. Yeah, it's more suburban. It's more suburban. It doesn't... I I mean, yeah, we've got Mexicans and Latinos and all that. Yeah, but it's not as as diverse as you would think. Just food. we got great food, though. Yeah, we have excellent food. Um... But it's it's really interesting to to me that I didn't notice. And then the first trip home was about six weeks in, and I stepped off the plane in Atlanta, and I was like, "I'm in a different world." It, it was almost like stepping off onto a new planet because it was completely. I was surrounded by a well. Atlanta is a huge hub, so I was surrounded by so many different cultures, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I have been in a cultural whiteout." When I um, my I was I was once uh, engaged to be married, uh-huh. and uh, to a lovely person who is so lovely that they're they're still friends with me. That's how <laughs> special this person is, uh, Melissa, uh, Melissa Roberts. Uh, not Melissa Best. Oh, not Melina Best. Oh, no, no. ooh, I fucked up a name. Oh, you did. Well, that's all right. She'll never know because we're not going to tell her about shouting her out anymore. She just has to find out. <laughs> um, when we catch on, and people are going to, are you the Melina Best they keep talking about on that podcast? She's like, they fucking talk about me. It's like uh, every goddamn episode. Not telling her anymore. Um, but uh, uh, she moved from uh, Shelbyville, Indiana, which is uh, which is a uh, Shelbyville or Broad Ripple, it's Indiana. She moved from there, I think, to California for a while, then to Oregon, and uh, she became like a you know an adult lady in this period of time. And she moves down to California. Uh, she's in Sacramento, and they have a good sized African American community compared to definitely compared to Portland. I don't know you know I don't know what the total demographic is, but there, you definitely see people black people and they're just you know the community's pretty integrated and i don't even know if that's an appropriate word but you just don't just see like a black part of town you know you see multiple kinds of people when you go out and uh i had been um i'd been obsessed with uh little john's uh uh uh, from the windows to the wall or 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 get low get i love that song um, because of Chappelle talking about skeet 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 that was what Chappelle was it was like 2006 ish or something around there Mm -hmm. 2003 um and so I was skeet, skeet, skeet all the time. And then Melissa caught on to saying skeet, skeet, skeet. But she had no context for this at all. Just it's, it's, an Afro, it's an Afrocentric word. It means to ejaculate. And it's funny to say. And especially when you know what it means and your friend doesn't know what it means. And you're walking around uh, a, 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 a Sacramento uh, Safeway. And she's just saying skeet, 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 skeet. And she doesn't know what she's saying. And black people know what she's saying. And people are losing Oh, they were laughing their asses off at her. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, it is. It is something to be the um, the unknowing white person in a group of... Well, I think if, I, if, if anything I've learned... Of it, people of color, yeah. If anything I've learned at open mics, all of us are unknowing white people. Yeah. <laughs> we're the worst. True. We are. We are. We're, we're terrible. It, it's... it's uh, who was it? There was somebody last night who kept saying, he's like, I'm just... I'm a, I'm a white straight man he just kept saying i'm a white straight man and i like, have you think he was trying to talk himself out of something though like maybe he was just like <laughs> feeling some inappropriate attraction or something he I felt was inappropriate attraction no like, i you're a white straight man damn it you're a white, white straight <laughs> man stop having those thoughts god damn it that's like mike pence every fucking night right like yeah. you're, you're a vice president you're a white straight man 
You want to sleep with that woman laying right beside I call beside my wife you. mommy for normal reasons. You know, that's funny. It's to honor Reagan. It's so funny. People talk about that. Do you know Damon and I call each other the mommy and the daddy? Yeah, but that's because you guys like your mom's house podcast. No, actually, we've been doing <laughs> that. play since... along with that. You'll sound way better. Yeah. No, totally. No, we've been doing that since we've had ferrets and cats. <laughs> we've, oh, we've always called the aunt. we like, go to the mommy. Go leave. Okay, but you're not saying. I yeah. mean, I mean, not that I would. You know, everybody's, like, everybody's. We don't call each other that to our yeah, faces yeah. well but but does he say to the back of your head sometimes no 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 no, no i won't let him calls me on Thursdays. hot um yeah <laughs> you know I, I don't know i mean when people how people get down is how people get down it's you know um i don't know i think being being co-parents of animals though yeah but you know you know we, we Portland is it's it's a thing. You talk about you know we sort of touched on that you in San Francisco you were an immigrant, but in Portland it's it's an interesting thing because um, because where our population is so transplant heavy, mm-hmm. so everybody's kind of an immigrant uh, here. Here, yeah. I mean you know I mean it is still obviously Caucasian centric community, and as we talked about, I think Caucasians have some cultural touchstones that are more generally in common amongst themselves amongst one another. Um, so there there is that, but People, you know, one of the most annoying things about Portland, being a life lifelong Portlander, although not being born here, which is the most Portland thing about me, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is it is weird to see all these people who saw a fictionalized depiction on a TV show of a bunch of weirdos and came here to be weirdos, and it's just like you could have been weird where you lived. Just you know, I, 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 I'm not a fan. I actually want to take the weirdness level down a little bit in Portland. Yeah, can we make Portland slightly less weird? Just I don't want to. I don't want to. First of all, we stole that shit from Austin, Texas. Anyways, they keep Portland weird thing. That's not even ours. I've heard that's not even Austin's. I heard that somebody it, it, that that's used in well, so let's, many let's, different let's cities. Let's just give it to Austin. Yeah. Go be weird in Austin, everybody. It's great. My ex is there. She's horrible. <laughs> I um, have a friend there. She was wonderful. So there you the same go. Same person. <laughs> Should we gap in her teeth? No. All right. Does she have a little cat named Bert? No. I don't okay. Think, did, me and my ex did have a. We did. We did have a cat together. Did not go well. It was a feral cat that somebody. I know it's not good. Yeah, feral cats don't work out. No. You know what? I think I'm going to call this episode "White People Discuss Race and Probably Mess It Up." Well, white people fucking shit up. Well, I mean, we all they just call white people then. White yeah. people fucking shit up. White people. White, people shit, yeah. white culture. You know, I actually had a couple of things I wanted. To, I wanted to rap to you about if you if you if you uh, if you're interested. Yeah, sure. I wrote something down uh, that you had uh, sent my way too. So go ahead. Was it about fancy? No, it was about wizards. Oh yeah, we got to talk about we got to talk about your your career as a wizard comedian. Definitely, <laughs> we, we were talking, but, but you'd mentioned co- listening to country music earlier, mm-hmm. and this reminded me of this this thought. You know, and it's one of those things that I that it's it is glib, it is kind of it is clever, but I really do think it it, it, it comes down to this. I was watching uh, some intersectional feminism, uh, and that just means people who have different takes on on their personal interpretations of feminism. And it was women of different generations and different cultural backgrounds. And it's all around the Time's Up and the Me Too. Mm-hmm. And and it was a lot of these uh, these actresses, older actresses, uh, I say older, people basically my age, um, who are very... I feel like they... I feel like there are, are women of a generation who put up with so much more things. Oh, sure. So much worse things than, than any woman under 50 is experiencing... More 90% of obviously the extreme outliers in all circumstances, but <clears throat> as a matter of routine. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like there's just, they're just tired of, okay. the, of, 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 of it going on. And what it, what it, what it came down to me was, I, I, I mentioned this to you is that 
I really think there are two groups. There are people who listen to the Reba McIntyre song and watch the video Fancy, mm-hmm. and they feel like her mother made a bad choice. And there are people who say, oh, I understand that choice. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that I think it's generational or cultural, cultural and generational. Sure. Um, and if, for people who aren't familiar, the Reba McIntyre song "Fancy" is about uh, a mother. It's, it was, I think it's sung from the perspective of the daughter as a as a grown woman, right? Whose mother, when she was pretty young, essentially looked s- like about fourteen. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. Appalachian wedding age. Yeah. Um, whose mother basically married her off to a rich man mm-hmm. at an age that nobody that we know would say is an appropriate age. Right. And my argument is, is that to her mother, it was, look, you're never going to have agency. This is the fucking Ozarks mm-hmm. and you're a poor woman. So the only thing you're going to get fucked by somebody you don't want, that you don't like anyway. So at least get a rich guy. Right. Don't do it in a trailer. Do it in a mansion. Pragmatic over moral. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, that makes sense. I, that's, that's just my pontificating on I, feminine. You, another subject where as a white man I have absolutely no fucking grounds to talk about but I have been a feminist ever since my mommy told me I was okay. so well you know the thing for me is, is it's funny I look at it and I mean I'm sure we don't want to get into uh, April I mean I'm already seeing a therapist so you guys don't need to know the problems I have with my mom but um <laughs> You know, I've, uh, I've, I've for a lot of years held a lot of anger at my mother for making those kinds of like pragmatic decisions instead right. of doing what was probably harder and would have been better for the, for the girls in our family. Um, that's just, you know, so I'm on this, I'm on the, uh, Reba McIntyre, I'm on the side that the Reba McIntyre song is a piece of shit, like the mother should be shot. So I'm on that side, but I can see, I can see what you, that's actually, pra- that's practical because I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing for like women teach, you know, women teaching their sons to cook. Like if they don't think that the son's going to be able to get a wife or whatever, or, or just learn how to cook and sew. My mom taught my brothers how to cook and sew because she was like, well, there were, I don't know if your wife will be able to do it or not. You have know? you ever seen? Um, uh, it's a great uh, documentary film from the like the late eighties, early nineties. It's called Paris is Burning. No, I haven't seen it. It's about the the voguing dance scene oh, okay. and, the, and the they call they call them balls and it's like drag balls in, okay. in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a there's a person in it. I think it was, um, and I might be getting this wrong, um, but I believe it was a. Uh, uh, Something Labeja, uh, I think was the, the, the drag performer's name. Um, check it out. It's a great documentary. Really fun. Madonna stole all their shit. <laughs> um, and uh, she talked about her relationship with her father and that, you know, you're black Puerto Rican. And I just don't think the world can. I don't think you'll survive being black Puerto Rican and gay. And it was not the father not loving the child. Mm hmm. It was the father just saying, this is just something that's going to hurt your chances in life. And I mean, it is, it is, it is not a perfect thought. It is a, but it is almost a relatable, not almost, it is a relatable parental thought. Like, like um, parents who have to make decisions about um, their kids, when doctors come at you, and this is a real thing that happens, doctors, I mean, not to me, but I, you know, I've, I've seen it on TV. Maybe it only happens on TV, but doctors come at parents with these, well, if you're, your kid has this much percentage of a chance if we do this procedure and this much of a chance if we do this procedure. But the one where they live longer, they're also going to be blind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so but, but but it's an 85% chance that they'll at least live. Whereas with this other one there's only a 15% chance if they live it'll save the eyes. Those are those are parental decisions. Now, obviously, 
it would be very nice of us to say, oh, yeah, but it's not like that. You know, I mean, first of oh, all, sure. it's not a choice. Well, being blind is obviously well, a choice not. either. But we, we, I think we all have to agree that as much as we would like to live in a utopia where people treat one another with with, with consideration and, and fairness, the parents who are scared for their kids have a legitimate reason to be scared for their kids. Uh, and it's, I, have, it's, I have no doubts about that. Yeah. I, so, that's, so that's where I, th- I relate to Reba's mother. I wouldn't do that myself. Uh, maybe I don't know. I never got offered. You're not any, in that situation. Yeah, I never so, got yeah. offered a good good deal for my kid. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the I, well. That's the other thing. If I think it would be, I would be more clearly against the mother if it was. Do you feel the mother was? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so I'm devoted into the, the 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 narrative of this song. Do you feel that the mother got payment from the father, or that she just basically gave the daughter to the guy? I think she got paid. Uh, See, I bet that, that, was, that I bet that colors your perspective of, of what it, you're thinking about the mother. There, it probably does, but because it didn't occur to me that she might have, if she got paid off it, I would definitely have a different perspective. Well, you know, the mother did put like it seemed like her most valuable possession on her daughter to send her away, and I mean, the payment was probably minor, if that. Could it be? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. It's, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's it's like we're making assumptions about <laughs> somebody's art. So I always, I always, I always default to um, I expect to get fucked. <laughs> Like I just expect to get fucked, and no matter what happens, and, and it's not even. But I, but but the, but the two things that getting, and I don't mind getting fucked, just because it's no. If we want you expect to get fucked, you just okay, get fucked. You know, it's oh, fine. You just deal with it when it comes. This along. is yeah, exactly. It's like it's like it's like April fifteenth. Oh, I get fucked. You know, yeah. um, it's gonna happen. I expect to get fucked, and uh, as a consequence of that, I just have like a couple of rules about getting fucked, and it's one, I'm not gonna get upset about getting fucked, uh, but it, it, as long as one, uh, it's not for profit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not profiting off of fucking me, you're just fucking me because it's the nature of the universe is that somebody's getting fucked sometimes and you might be doing the fucking. Um, and, 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 and two that, uh, that it's, you know, it's, it's not malicious fucking. <laughs> not always. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I mean, we all fuck each other in little ways all the time. Uh, callously. Uh, oh, well, sure. Just, just because we don't know. And it gets back to like, there's, you know, like, it's like people who put the seat up and put or people who put the lid up and people who put the lid down. Right. There's just people who don't think of it as a priority, so it doesn't occur to them to put mm-hmm. the lid down like a decent fucking human being, by the way. There's a lid on a toilet for a reason. It doesn't look good in there. Put the lid down, people. <laughs> There's a health reason, too. You got to think about if you have little girls. So here, here's the thing. If, if yeah, they drink out of the toilets. That's yeah, right. I've I know, heard about it's that. It's crazy. <laughs> now, here's the thing. If you if you do have girls in your family and you're one of those guys who just can't for some reason think to put the seat down, the reason that it's important for you to put the seat up when you use it and to put it down when you're done is because urine on the seat or whatever bacteria is in the toilet gets into the vagina if a girl accidentally sits on it or falls in oh i mean the lid though i'm about not just about the seat oh I'm you're about, talking about the full lid I'm yeah well we do that because up. of our cats but yeah. i don't care if the lid's up that much but i'm talking about the seat well so. i I, okay. I uh i play this game on my phone but there's phone. health reasons i play this game on my phone that pretty much ensures that i'm a sitting to pee kind of person from now on anyway so <laughs> plus i'm getting ready for prison no uh, why I, I don't know i've seen it in movies too many times they don't like you to stand up probably because of splash Probably because of splash. Plus, you don't want your back. That's that's vulnerable. You don't want your back to somebody when you've got Look your dick out in your hand. I think I've aged out of that. I think I've aged out of, of, of any Andy Dufresne type of situations. Well, I, I the sisters you, aren't even going to try on me. Come on. Okay. Well, you know my issue. Like I believe we talked about this. Like I worry about. We were talking about peeing in bathrooms on airplanes because I worry about being in the world's worst uh, uh, prize. 
closet because if you're sitting there, yeah, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you get turbulence and the plane drops, you are suddenly, depending on what yeah. you're doing, could be in a bad or an even worse process. Yeah, prize, yeah. What well, is it's it? like that. What is that money thing that you get? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a phone booth with yeah, fans. Yeah, the prize booth. Yeah. Remember in South Park when they did it and it was canned food? Oh, they did it in South Park and it was canned food. It was a slamming into whoever the idiot was in the thing. But it would be like that, only all the canned food has been taken out of the cans. Yes. And it's just a bunch and of wet brown stew splashing, splashing all over the... Ugh. And that's my worst nightmare right there. So I've like hold off and hold off and hold off to go pee and then... I have a love-hate relationship with... Uh, we talked about some of my video choices that I like to watch on YouTube. And there are some great ones about people in porta-potties getting kicked over. Oh, I, oh, that is my worst nightmare. It's so horrifying. That is my worst nightmare. I watch them though. I, get, I, like I can't. I can't. I can't. I <laughs> can't. So you gross. know what? We had a friend back in Tampa that used to uh, used to love the website called Rate My Poo. Oh Jesus Christ! And he used to send me pictures, and I would be like, "You have to stop because I just gag." That's got to be for single people. When you have a partner, you have somebody else to rate your poo. You can write there. You can. You just honey, honey, honey. I never do that. Me and Damon. You probably never have impressive poops. Uh, if you had a really no, impressive one, you'd come. I've on. had some. You know what? I'll tell you. I the need most you to start sending me some really impressive. No, ones. no, no. <laughs> I will tell you the most embarrassing thing that happened to me though. I see. I have the gut of a man. I always have. And Damon and I have joked that I fart like a man, and I've I've always been very like I keep my stuff under wraps. You know, I try to. There's very few people I fart in front of and um and i was working it was here in portland and i was working in a place and one day we came into work and the water was out and i was in the habit of my morning poo was at like 10 30 in the mm-hmm. morning i was a 9 30 person myself for a while and i was like oh no the water's out i was like what do we do and, and i'm starting to panic because the t- it's coming and i feel it and i'm like oh no and they were like well they're getting some porta potties out here okay i normally go about 10 10 30 by 12.30, we finally got porta potties. I was dying. I was about to eat in my car. I was about to clock out, get in my car, and leave. Like, I don't give a fuck about this job. Yeah. I'm out of here. And I, they said, you can use them. Boom, I'm out the door. I was one of the first people out there. And I went into this, I just went into the first porta potty. I yeah. didn't see anybody out there. The truck was still there. Like, the guy <laughs> that delivers them, sure. like, his truck was there, and all the porta potties are there, but he's not there. And I am sitting, and I finally, like, and fortunately, this is one of those porta potties that's got the little flap on the thing. So if somebody was down inside of it, which he was, um, yeah. He wouldn't have seen anything. What the shit? He was under there adjusting it, and I didn't know it, and I went in. Oh, Jesus God Christ. So this man heard. It was clean, though, right? It was clean. It was, like I said, but the story's not over. So it has the flap on the toilet hole, so it has a flush. But it's not really a flush. It's like a you you pump this little thing in front of the seat, and it kind of swirls water, and then like a vault. But I had waited so long to go; it was a really bad one, so I, it I had to help it. Oh, so Jesus. I had to like use a lot of toilet paper to get. This is oh, the most horrible Jesus story. I cannot Christ. believe I'm putting this out there. And oh, I it's opened, not as bad as the other thing you were putting out there in that story. I opened oh, that flap. Oh, oh, look up below. <laughs> And I heard this guy go, oh, my God. Lock. Hey, keep the fucking doors locked there, uh, toilet man. Like, why would you allow somebody in there if you're it. under he it? it? Well, I, he got what he wanted then. And He's that, probably a secret to- poop pervert. I hope so. I hope so. Poover. Because 
I hope so because that was bad. Cool. And I have I have had anxiety nightmares about that since. This is probably why I'm telling people. He has too. <laughs> probably. This is why I'm telling probably why I'm telling it. Just I gotta get it off my conscience. I feel bad about this guy. Like the sound he made when I <laughs> I don't think he was expecting what he got. Was it was it like the sound in a Disney movie when somebody falls off a cliff and it's like, woo? No, it was more. That would be great. It was a gag. There was a gag. There was a gross. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, sir, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you need to reconcile uh, in the spirit of uh, those prison shows where people meet with their with their abusers, if you'd like to meet with April's butt. Um, talk it out, <laughs> you know, see if we can relive the I trauma. Do. I feel so bad. Dude, <laughs> I got, I have never gotten out of a box and ran so fast in but my wait, life. Wait, did, when you, did you hear him running? No. He hung out. He must have. He just, she's like, fuck it, I'm going to light a he, cigarette. He, he, he had to have a cigarette a, after he that. He had to be under there. He, I, I, I it off. It takes a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> he was down there pumping away. <laughs> oh, my God. How so can dope. you do that and gag at the same time is what I want Well, you know, the, I mean, he was in a clean one. There's the people who actually hide out in poopy, like ones that Ugh. are full. Uh, how do they not have every disease in the... Well, maybe they and did. Like, that's why nobody will fuck them. Pink eye and just. Can you imagine, like, that's, oh, yeah, like, uh, I mean, hepatitis. Yeah. Just the hep. Ugh. I mean, it's, ugh. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <sighs> well, I christened that box. So, so what, uh, let me ask you a question. If you were going to do, um, a lot of people sell merch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, for the listeners out there, merch, merchandise, branded stuff, you know, like, um, I don't know, Gabriel Iglesias donut or something like that. I don't know, whatever. He had donuts on his album. That's why it came to my mind. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Voldemort masturbation screen or something like that. <laughs> um, long-time listeners know what I'm talking about. Uh, what would you what, what would you? what would you focus on? Would you do like one kind of merch? If you ever had a, like a thing or like, I want that to be my thing, you know? Uh, you're talking about for the podcast yeah. network? I think, well, or just, you know, just for April Gallaty, comedian. Like I think Amy Miller's got something with pillowcases I read about. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. It's not something I would necessarily personally do but i like the fact that it's her own hmm. like she does pillowcases anybody who does pillowcases is obviously swiping her shit unless she's swiping somebody's shit i don't know i haven't i haven't thought about it i think i want I, i'm just i'm just gonna start doing random items for my house what do you mean well like i just replaced the toilet seat in my in my apartment so mm-hmm. i took the old one off and i signed it I'm gonna sell it at my next show. There you go. It's got my it's got my birth date and it question marks because it's gonna be the not because obviously there's gonna be another toilet seat at some point associated with me. So this isn't that one. This is to differentiate it. Now if you can get obviously death toilet seat. Uh, so this is the non-death toilet seat officially, okay. right? Hmm. So like if I can get maybe a companion situation going on, like I could I don't know, maybe write some sort of a verbal agreement that they have at first rights to my death toilet seat if they buy the one you die yeah. on? Yeah, they're just like, I'm trying to get rid of some shit, you know? Like, it's like, uh, what do you do with a used toilet seat? I don't know, is there a market for, I mean, it's, it was bad enough that I got rid of it. I mean, I don't think anybody else is going to want it. I can't imagine anybody would. I no, would, I don't think anybody in a position to want that toilet seat doesn't have a toilet. They want it for far different reasons just than just to sit on it, yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. I didn't clean it either. It's, Maybe just wear it around there. It's like a big necklace or something. You can fit it around your head. Yeah, sure. It's huh. like a lid attached, though. So I don't know. What would I want? I don't, huh. It would have to be, I don't know, maybe a nail polish. That's cute. I like that idea. How much, now, let's see, like, last time I bought nail polish, I was buying Urban Decay, and that shit was, like, $14 a bottle. So, what are you going to get? You're going to go high-end? You're going to go something like like Lip Smackers brand fucking nail polish? 
I'll probably go high end because I get I get manicures and stuff pretty regularly. Yeah. So I'll probably go shellac because that's what I always sure. get. It's got to have sparkles in it because sure. everything I wear is sparkly. So that's I what I liked about the uh, Urban Decay had some really great. There, there, what was the one I liked? It was a uh, Roach, which was black lacquer based with green sparkles with green sparkles. Huh, that would be pretty. I always like like I always love the opposite colors on the on the on the wheel. So if you had like a purple with green. Or red with green, or blue with the orange. Sure. Those are always really cool. So, well, there's um, complementary and contrasting. The contrasting colors can be complementary. Yeah. If it's if it's if there's thought. Yeah. If you put well, that's why I always wear purple eyeshadow because my eyes are green. So sure. it, it always makes the green stand out. So yeah, and those are those are complementary. I think. So yeah. I don't know, huh? I mean, we're talking about stickers and stickers t-shirts cool. and stuff for the for the for the network. Yeah. Um, but. I'm going to do, well, I've got the Portland trading card thing, so I'm going to get off my ass and actually get some of those printed up. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, you need to do a, a Facebook post about the 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 show so that I can start inviting people. I want to invite people to give them plenty of warning. I'm going to yeah. start working on the poster tomorrow. Okay. Um, I need to stop. I have a, you know, my roommate, my special friend is, is making lots of plans and uh, I'm super lazy, and I need, like, a day where I just have nothing going on. I think Sunday we're going and doing uh, a shout-out to Robert Gresham, uh, Hot Steaks, Neither Hot or Takes. Uh, me and my best friend, Jenna Faye, are going to go and uh, eat, which I originally thought was pepper steak, you know, like black pepper pepper steak. Right. I was like, eh, it's fine. No, it's fucking ghost pepper steak. Oh, no way. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I like doing things that I don't like doing, which just seems contradictory, but it works out for me. Right. So I'm excited about doing it, um, but... You know, so we got so then, and then t- tonight we're going to the symphony. Okay, um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, tomorrow we've you know we've got a couple people come over to. She's recording something with uh, Kevin Perez. Nice. And uh, and Eric's going to come by and hang out for a little bit, but it's just it's really, you know, it's I just I've got so much going on lately. I need to get the poster done because what I am going to do is I'm going to do um, a paid advertising. Okay. I'm going to do. Uh, I told you. Oh, yeah. That's why. I mean, that's another reason why I brought up merch. If there's stuff that you want to sell or there's going to be a table, mm-hmm. promote. Sell whatever you want to do. If you any anything you want to promote or generate income on this table, uh, you know you'll have one sixth of that table. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, I told Carolyn because she's got pitch pitch please. Shout out to Carolyn Maine and the pitch please. Uh, it's a really fun fun card based game. But I'm going to promote the mic and I'm going to put out a uh, a bucket uh, for donations. Okay. And then uh, just uh, anybody who's not basically all you guys in Molina. I'm just going to if, if anything happens, I'm going to split it. You know what I may do? I'll probably just do stickers for the podcast network and then and just hand them out. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather. I don't want to charge anybody for that. I mean, you know, I'm, I just don't feel like I can charge people for anything yet, as far as my comedy and that sort of right. thing is concerned. But speaking of my comedy, uh, we've been discussing me doing a witch character. I've yes. already, I've already gotten her an Instagram yes. account, and I've already ordered her a hat. Her hat, actually, I noticed. I was, I, just, I was trying to figure out what was familiar about the hat. It kind of looks like the Sorting Hat. It does a little bit, yeah, yeah, but it's purple and green, and it's got, um, it's got like a little. Wink that on would the be end my, of where it. my color blindness is making me not notice that it's different colors than the sorting hat. Where it's like, oh, it, okay. oh, it is. You you are very colorblind because it's uh, green and purple. Yeah, I'm very. Colorblind. I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm thinking. Um, like I want to do. I want to do a character who's you know, uh, I think it was you that mentioned like doing the hag sound. Was it? Mm, or no. was it maybe it was a different friend i'm not sure but anyway i was i'm, I'm gonna have that like yeah witch sounds like this you know an ogre a oh, wizard sure, 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 sure. and then you know and i'm gonna talk like that and then um but i'm just gonna do really bad jokes and like i said i think i'm gonna do it just on instagram 
kind of as a side project, not focus on a lot. But you told me about this um, uh, documentary that I need to call watch called We Are Wizards. Oh, my God. Now, so you say the joke you wrote for me. I'm, I may hang on to this All joke, right. actually. All right. Uh, because you're, you're talking about being a, a wizard com- comedian. Mm-hmm. And in the Harry Potter community, you know, wizards and witches are kind of it's, – it's somewhat interchangeable. It's not – I don't think it's as inher- inherently gendered. No. And uh, so I was saying that given your accent, mm-hmm. uh, the joke would be um, – I, I'm, I'm, I've been doing some touring as a wizard comedian, and what I realized is that when I tour the South, I have to be really clear that I'm a Harry Potter wizard because for some reason when people in the South see the word wizard, their brain just puts the word grand in front of it. <laughs> and I don't want to have another Statesboro situation. Now, I do have a pointy hat. You have a pointy hat. But it doesn't go straight. It's, stri- not, white. it's, it's not, not white and it doesn't go straight up. It's it's, not- it's, it's curled. So <sighs> you got to watch out for that. Got to watch out. Yeah. Was it, was it, somebody was selling a hoodie uh, online a while back and it was a white. It was not intended to be. But, it, you know, like hoodies inherently kind of when you pull the hood forward, if it's a big enough hood on a hoodie. It'll point at the yeah, top. It's got a fucking pointy yeah. top at the top of it. And it's just like, Jesus, you know. <laughs> People don't think, man. I mean, I think people just love their idea. And it's like when you have a joke in your head, you know how the joke goes. Because sometimes it's a joke that you don't realize is a sketch. Right. Because in your head, when you tell the joke, you're actually seeing a sketch play out in your head. And what you're thinking is the audience is going to have that visual joke, too. And jokes aren't generally a visual medium. There's some stuff that works. You have to kind of try to paint a picture for people. So, yeah. Well, like last night, I've teased teased, uh, Chris with a K Cox uh, before about uh, his look because he has a very specific look. And it's, you know, it's a short, bald guy with a uh, Ming the Merciless mustache, uh, wearing a trench coat, a fedora, and fingerless gloves. And the joke was that he looks like Polly if Rocky hadn't won the second fight. <laughs> and that, to me, is a visual joke, mm-hmm. which people often don't get. Some people who are – the thing is, people have to be old enough to remember Rocky. <clears throat> yeah, you have, have to have remember seen who the, the fuck is Polly. Right, and you have to have seen the movie, yeah. so. Who's the secondary characters from a movie I've never seen? So it's, it's – but it's a visual joke. You have to have something that visually distinct. And it's just – it's – He got it. He, yeah, he, well, he's he, – I've told – I've said that joke about him like 50 fucking times. I like, he's really super cool. He's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Feckin', feckin', uh, feckin' comedy. Uh, feckin' follow, Following an axe-throwing competition. That sounds fantastic. I need to go to his show. You should get out there. Well, we, we should make, you know what we should do is uh, me, you, Jenna Faye, and Damon get out there and uh, see so if we can all get booked and we could dominate that shit with the uh, Bless Your Heart uh, podcast on the You Gonna Meow po- Yeah, exactly. Meow. Podcasting Meow. network. Well, I don't know if uh, Damon will get up there, but... Hey, uh, we, could, we could just get him up there and strip him and like we should, throw things at him. Yeah, that would be fun. We should just throw give, pies at naked Damon. You know what we should do? We could kill with that. We, yeah, that he would kill. You know what we should do? We should write jokes for Damon and then give them to him and then be like, "Now go tell these jokes." Make just it, make it real obvious though, like Cyrano de Bergerac, that shit where he's got a headset on and he's just delivering. We could make it a bit where he's Damon the joke delivering robot, <laughs> and he's got like a fucking foil helmet on. With some with some fucking antennas sticking off of it and shit, and Damn. he delivers them real wooden. Like like remember those characters they used to do on uh, Damon the joke delivering robot. Uh, remember that they used to have the robot characters that were on Conan O'Brien like Pimpbot two thousand. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Beep, I Dem- am a pimp Conan. Beep beep boop boop. Where are my bitches? <laughs> you see Damon feel like I just flew in today. Boy are my arms tired. Yeah, that would be so fucking. Damon's like I don't sound anything if like that. If he doesn't, he's got a premiere at Hotbox. We all the Hotbox comedy home of weird shit uh, that doesn't fit in anywhere else in Portland, but we fits in perfectly at Hotbox. Yeah. Okay. So uh, do all your do all your stuff where people can find you, email you, and all that. 
I think we're going to have to wrap it up. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, well, uh, I have been Christopher Boatwright. Uh, you can find me under that name on Facebook. Uh, it's the guy holding a microphone with no hair on his head. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Logrus, L-O-G-R-U-S-Z-E-D, L-O-G-R-U-S-Z-E-D, one word. You can find me uh, on YouTube, forward slash Logrus said, where you can find the Hotbox Comedies open mics. We're putting those online right now. You can check out your lovely hostess uh, delivering uh, seven minutes uh, of really killer material in ten minutes. But, you know, it was... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's a lot of ums. It's an open mic. That's one of the things I like about putting an open mic online, though, because I think there are people out there who I maybe I'm jerking myself off, but who there's something between them and going out and performing and getting that at least checked off their bucket list. Right. And seeing us go out there and not be perfect and not be fucking Stanhope special level funny, but just people trying and they can see that we're working at it. And and, and I I hope to give people hope to do comedy. Yeah. You're aiming low if you're thinking Stanhope low. No, I'm kidding. Oh, Jesus, I love Doug Stanhope. He, he, uh, he responded and retweeted me not too long ago. Really? Well, you know, I'm friends with Christine, whom is friends with Doug. I met him one time and I was... Wait, Christina P? No, Christina Levine. Oh, okay. And uh, Christine Levine, oh, okay. not Christina P, Christine Levine, who is friends with... Doug Stanhope and he came to Portland. I wanted to meet him. I didn't get to meet him for very long, but it was really funny. It was like, she was like, Oh, April, by the way, here's Doug. And I'm shoving uh, tater tots in my mouth. The moment he turns and looks at me and he goes, Hey, you've got tater tots. You want a French kiss? And he just came at me and I, and I, he, I did. I was not clever enough to say anything. Did I you French was, kiss him? No, no. He and he just. I, was, I would have French kissed you just by proxy to get some fucking. Uh, just, to, uh, just to get some. You some know, I am kind of disappointed he didn't just suck those out of my mouth. That would. Right. I think Damon would have stood there and laughed like a hyena if he had. He would have died. He would have. Damon would have laughed. So, but anyway. All right. So you're listening to uh, Bless Your Heart podcast. I'm April Gallaty. You can find me at April at you gonna be out dot com. Um, you can find us um on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and instagram backslash you gonna meow yeah. and uh, i guess that's it we normally end on some weird like thing so we're doing this properly today i know we're doing it like grown-ups some, some some sort of weird uh, terrible uh sign-off uh i'm going to ikea next weekend you can find me in my next appearance i'll be at ikea or as i like to call it liberal walmart so a uh, headache so store for me too much lighting uh, the smell oh that's me i'm sorry You've been listening to Bless Your Heart on You Gonna Meow Podcast Network.